And uh, John yeah. Cena, I, I, I guess he figured because they couldn't see him that he could flip the car or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, that time, that was actually funny. Hey, what's good, folks? You are listening to the 40th, 44th episode of the Slam Bros Show. As always, it's your boy, Bowman12L, a.k.a. Black Aquaman, a.k.a. 12 Leaders. What's good? Joining me, as always, is the beast, Illawasi the Chimp. Illa, what's good? Man, what's crack-a-lacking, Bowman? I don't even know what a crack-a-lacking is. But it sounds so good to say it. Hey, what's crack a lack? This is from the South. You know, we got all the good <laughs> stuff down here. That's, that's truly what it is. You know, it has to be. Like, it has to be. Yo, y'all boys from the South is crazy and whatnot. But think about it, man. Like, we got we got all the parties, man. We got all the good women. We got all the good food. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got the good beaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can come to a beach here and not worry about, like, getting tetanus. You know, you know? so we got it. <laughs> but uh not gonna lie we was a little under the weather uh for about a week and a half there uh but now we're you know we're back making progress we're, we're, we're moving again it's all good staying hydrated getting that good vitamin c so uh yeah you know we're moving again we in here sorry about recording a little late but you know sometimes uh you know uh life happens unexpected we got you, though. Right, Ella? We got him. We got him. We got him. Let's get started. Let's grab these shovels and dig in this dirt. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Yo, to start off in the dirt sheets, we got something a little different. Uh, Cody Rhodes, once again, or Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, as he's known as. And the Young Bucks are planning something big for next year. They're looking to kind of self-finance a uh, like ten thousand uh, person event. Now this would be huge because no promotion since WCW closed down has packed a ten thousand seat arena for a wrestling show since two thousand one. Uh, there's been a couple of 5,000, 3,000, you know, seat venues, but no one has packed an arena with the big, you know, 10K on it and decade plus at this point. But speculation is, can Cody and the and the Young Bucks and can the Bullet Club put butts in seats? The Bullet Club... Specifically, the Young Bucks are some of the hottest acts in pro wrestling right now. Their t-shirts are selling everywhere. Uh, they're so popular that they got, you know, their t-shirts are in Hot Topic. Like, the CEO of Hot Topic had to track down who the Young Bucks were. Like, they called up WWE. They're like, yo, who are the Young Bucks? Like, why can't we sell these t-shirts? Are they your guys? And they're like, nah, the Young Bucks, they don't work for us. So, like, you're you seeing more Bullet Club shirts in arenas than you are seeing like WWE shirts at times. Uh, the Bullet Club has gotten so popular, the WWE has taken back the the rights that have banned the Bullet Club from using the too sweet gesture. 
So now it's kind of funny because you see like Triple H and Finn Balor, you know, two sweeting on TV at the same time. They have cease and desist to Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks because they're just getting too too popular, man. So do you think they can they can fill like ten thousand seats? You think they can do it? Hell yeah. All it takes is hustle, marketing, and, uh, you know, just that attitude, that drive to win. And they've already demonstrated that they have that. So with a with a with already built up brand um, recognition that they have, it's just about them marketing the event properly. I mean, if it's going to be just a one off event, then, yeah, I mean, that's how, you know, shit, promoters get started. So that's how WCW, WWE, that's, you know, the different uh, territories. They just got to work their ass off and put the asses in seats. And I think that they'll do it and they'll deliver. I, I think the show is going to be amazing regardless. Right now, they're scouting locations. They they might do it. They have a few venues. They might do it in London, which I think would be uh, dope. Even if they do it overseas, they might do it in California. They might do it in uh, in uh, Texas. So they got a few uh, venues that they're looking for. But, uh, I you know, a lot of people doubt because, like, yo, no independent acts have done this. What I think if one, like you said, if it's promoted properly, if there's enough time to promote it and if the card is truly packed, you know, Bucks and Cody are popular, but there are some other big names in there. They might pull like a Rey Mysterio, you know, if they pull Mysterio uh, you know, anywhere down south or over in California, like Mysterio is still a big draw like that can, you know, that can add to the card, you know. So I, I think they can do it. I'm interested to see, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to see someone else win once you know what i'm saying now let someone else win you know let them be great (laughs) yo one thing you got to explain to me is about the bullet club so who are the current members because i had a different understanding of bullet club okay so we got so bullet club really originally started some people can get me uh on the timeline but i think it was 2000 late 2010 2011 over in new japan pro wrestling Bullet Club was like they were the the invading Americans, the invading foreigners, and it was led by Finn Balor. And you had like you had like Carl Anderson and um, other guy in there, Topanga's in there, a few other guys were in there, and they were just the foreigners invading like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now Finn Balor, he got down there. He was Prince Devitt. Once he signed his WWE contract, became Finn Balor. This was the same time AJ Styles came, joined Bullet Club, won the New Japan title like the first night with the help of Bullet Club, became the new leader. Um, with Gallows and Anderson, AJ Styles, the Young Bucks, um, like they kind of like made a smash. They were taking like all the titles and New Japan Wrestling, and you know Kenny Omega joined them. And they were just like, yo, the foreigner. But it kind of morphed into something else. It was like really like inside inside wrestling, like breaking the fourth wall. And, um, you know, everyone's kind of watching it. And around this time, New Japan World, you know, started taking English descriptions. So a lot of people were able to see like Wrestle Kingdom 9, you know, able to see all these guys uh, going down. So they just really started getting popular. And... Um, like Carl Anderson and um, Gallus, I think they won the tag team champions like three times over there in Japan. Um, you got like uh, Topanga, like I don't, I don't know if you ever know Topanga, but like he's like this dude, he's got this crazy face paint. It's like this white and black face paint, like around his goatee, and he's got these crazy curls and whatnot. And dude just looks crazy. 
<laughs> like um like he's in there and then um like um and then of course like uh uh Kenny Omega, you know, our Canadian crazy guy who's going to be facing Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom in January. So um and now now lately last year uh Cody Rhodes joined also the Bullet Club. So um it's just like this collection. It, it, at first it was just foreigners, but as it grew, they got like other people in there. They had some people from Japan in there, but it just became really clickish. You know, in a sense, like, like, and they kind of played off the idea of like DX and NWO, like the clickish nature of those groups, but in a dominant like storyline fashion. And it, and it just grew from there. Hmm. That's cool. Well, it looks like they're about to bust that ass with this uh, 10,000 um, venue all-in event that they're trying to put on. So much success to them. I hope they win. Like, it, Yeah, it's. I mean, you know they're doing well. You know you're doing well when the WWE's trying to stop your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and it, it hasn't gotten to the point that WWE's taking, like, Bullet Club t-shirts yet, but I... I'm going to see it. They're going to start confiscating, you know, T-shirts and whatnot. You know, they got the Battle Club T-shirts, like all that. They're just trying to, you know, seep off of the Bullet Club's, you know, pop, uh, popularity. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm all in. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, you know, I wish the most success, man. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, when there's more wrestling, we all win, right? Like, when it's good wrestling, we all win. Um, good news for other wrestlers. The WWE is looking to create their own version of Broken Matt Hardy. Um, now, Illa, this might be a stretch, but on Monday night, this past Monday night, Matt Hardy had a match against Bray Wyatt. Okay. And uh, Bray Wyatt got the win, but what happened, the most interesting part of the match happened after the loss. Matt was kind of sitting in the corner, visually frustrated, and he started doing his his broken signature phrase and taunt the delete swipe delete delete and he kept doing it and uh, a good portion of the crowd picked up on it and they started chanting delete along with it and wwe you know it was like a moment because like they kind of panned out to the audience and they had like wide shots of the crowd like half the crowd was like deleting and uh and matt hardy was like you know, he's doing the delete thing and he's looking a little crazy. He's looking a little broken. And on YouTube this week, on Matt Hardy's personal YouTube page, he posted a video with the caption, It has begun. The seven DDDs have woken my broken billions on the plane identified as WWE. Senor Benjamin, procure my quote of battle. The great war has begun. <laughs> And we see, we see just a glimpse of Senior Benjamin and Matt Hardy, his uh, his coat that he would enter the ring with when he was broken. So Sports Illustrated, they did a little digging. Seems that, all right, WWE's finally going to pull the trigger. They're not going to call him broken Matt Hardy just for reasons that some company might be a little petty and still try some legal actions. But they might call him something different. They might call him Woken Matt Hardy. Um, I, I I don't know if I want to call him like woke. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, appropriate woke or whatever. But 
uh, you know, they're doing something, and they talk to the bitter the the bitter people, and they're saying that uh, the company that Matt Hardy used to work with, they're saying that their new talent contracts allow talent to uh, continue their characters after they're no longer with the company. So implication is new talent. You know, if you had a character here, you can do it there. So it looks like all right, they're probably not going to try and waste money anymore being petty and you know getting cussed out by Matt Hardy's wife about whether or not you know they created the broken character. But I mean, broken Matt Hardy, yo, if we get Senior Benjamin, if like we get like King Maxwell, like wrestling babies is always going to be over. King Maxwell already has a win. You know what I'm saying? Like if we if we get like just the Lake of Reincarnation, like. It's gonna be crazy. Just a a fraction of the craziness that you've already told me about. (laughs) I mean, mean, because um, what what did he call uh, what was Jeff called brother uh, brother Nero, brother Brother Nero. Nero. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Like if if we get any of this, you know, like him throwing green beans at people, like oh my god! If if he has to feed people, um. Vanguard one, if Vanguard one comes back, like yo, yo. I mean, I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, here's the thing. I'm excited because like it, it's like the broken shit is dumb. It is absolute. It's like Grindhouse dumb. It is just like so dumb. It's hilarious. <laughs> like how stupid it is. But um, I just hope that the WWE doesn't mess it up. And here's the thing. Like, if Bray Wyatt is the vessel that we have to go through to get broken Matt Hardy, then all right, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. And, like, you're going to enjoy this one. You're going to enjoy this one. John Cena is being sued by Ford Motor Company. Hashtag fuck John Cena. <laughs> and Ford is saying it. With a hefty lawsuit. I love it. Oh, man. So, all right. So, John Cena. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, for last year, John Cena's been like an auto uh, an auto blogger on the uh, Bella YouTube account. He's a... Uh... Man, I don't know what the fuck John Cena's been doing for the last year. <laughs> uh, his personal account. Don't, don't even insult me by, by expressing such. Ford is alleging in a lawsuit that John Cena bought the car and then flipped the car for a hefty profit. Um, they say their contracts, when you agree to buy the car, you have to keep the car for a minimum of two years before selling it. That's what Ford's alleging. John Cena claims that he sold the car because he had some bills to pay. So he didn't make any money. Those, Ford's like, nah. Those debtors on that ass. <laughs> Ford's like, nah. We Could want that be. money. I'm kind of laughing because, all right, so to get a Ford GT, you have to, you have to sign. You have to, like, you have to apply for it. You have to be applied applicant to get the car. So I'm like, all right, John Cena applies to get the car. Wait, because don't do they? You buy it from Ford, or, or doesn't Ford like gift it to you or something? No, like no, that? no. You buy it from Ford, so you you have to apply gotcha. to buy the car. So John Cena sends in his application. Ford gets his application, and it says do 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 do, and they're trying to read the application, but they can't see anything because you know John Cena's invisible. You can't see him, right? So. I guess they figure out from the corners alone. Yo, this is John Cena. So they're saying because it's so limited, they don't want anyone flipping the car. That they have more people applying to buy the car than they have that they're going to produce the car. So they want the people to actually buy it to actually be collectors and actually 
want people to keep the car. So, but John Cena, uh, he has previous four GTs before. He seems to be a car blogger, so they're like, all right, he's a good set. Also, he's John Cena, so they want the, the brand recognition. So, but it's kind of like you're paying a car to advertise it for Ford. That's essentially what you're doing. And uh, John yeah. Cena, I, I, I guess he figured because they couldn't see him that he could flip the car or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, that time, that was actually funny. <laughs> oh man so i just i just love the fact that john cena's in hot water i love it that's awesome because his normal natural asshole persona gets to come to the forefront versus his little you know wwe superhero bullshit that just annoys the fuck out of me so get at him for it maybe it'll just agitate him enough we'll get some some great content out of it in real life it uh, you know, hopefully it carries over because I'm so sick and tired of his. Oh, God, that fucking dude. All right, you ready for our longest running segment here on the Slam Bros Show? Oh God damn! Now he and Paige broke up. How could something else have happened to this dude? How? Uh, let's hear it. Last event, Charles. When we last left our hero, things seemed to be going good, but then his significant other announced that she was single. Now, Alberto Del Rio, as we approach the anniversary of him fighting Ninja Turtles down in Mexico, we have news that he's considering a possible retirement from wrestling next year with considerations for a Alberto El Patron retirement tour for 2019. LYC, it looks that Las Aventuras might have an end date in sight. Are you ready for an Alberto El Patron retirement tour? I mean, but what's that going to consist of? More than, <laughs> you know, back alley knife fights with broken <laughs> bottles? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it just never ends with this dude. It never ends. So, I mean, even in his retirement tour is going to be some shit, and you know it. Plus, at some point, him and Paige are going to hook back up after Xavier Woods and the boys get, you know, finished with her. So, it, it's got to come back around, man. It's got to come back around. Uh, who knows what happens, man? 20, 2018, 2019, we'll see if this is the end of Alberto. Hopefully, it's the end. Hopefully, he makes it out in one piece and no one else is injured. No, hopefully, it's a clusterfuck. People are injured. It's chaos everywhere. And it is entertaining and fun. Uh, that's what I want. That's what I want to hear about. That's what I want to know about. Because I am constantly... I don't even know why I'm still surprised that every time this dude has something pop off, I mean, the, I don't know where, I think you just like, you, you email Alberto El Patron and like <laughs> tell him to get into some shit because I, it's fascinating. It is amazing that this dude has something pop up like this all the time. All right. Do we see how many fist fights happen on the retirement tour? I mean, how many shows, you know, one, at least two per show date. Okay. <laughs> How many um, drunken altercations in the airport? 
Uh, we got to we got to go at least three of those. <laughs> at least three drunken accus, you know, th- drunken brawls at the airport and accusations and something that what they call the police. The police have to get called for at least six times on this tour. Just to investigate some shit. Right. Uh, how many times does he talk shit about Triple H in his big mouth? Oh, that's every day. Every day. Every day he's his, with the man with the big nose. I love it. <laughs> I love when Patrol talks about Triple H. He's so hilarious. You just know he has such disdain for H. Triple H. Oh, man. He hates that dude. And that's so awesome. Yeah, man. That is... um. That's the trouble. So we'll find out next time. The story continues or does it continue? Las Aventuras. All right, Raw happened. Uh, this week, Seth Rollins defeated Cesaro. Challenger defeats one half of the tag team champions. What could that mean? Could it mean it set them up for a title run? Yeah, it's, it's WWE. So uh, that happened. Uh, Sheamus is on sabbatical story individuals, but he, Sheamus is apparently uh, he's nursing some, rehabbing some injuries, and he's also rehabbing some injuries over in his home country. So, you know, it's best of both words. Uh, it, was, it was all right, match. I mean, I shouldn't say all right. I mean, it was entertaining. It's it Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Not bad. Um, short match, but probably my favorite match of the evening was Samoa Joe versus Titus O'Neil. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Oh, man. Samoa Joe delivered a nice beat down to Titus O'Neil. Titus tried to come back. You know, they, they, they didn't chump out Titus. You know, he gave Samoa Joe a few of those rights and lefts for Samoa Joe to snap in that coquina clutch. And it was all she wrote. Now, I liked how they were, like, tossing each other and they got into, like, a slapping fest. Like, all right, you're going to slap me on a chest? I'm going to slap you right back. I, I think like, this, this may be the most offense we've seen from Titus O'Neil since that time he thought Darren Young grabbed his ass. Like, it was an awesome outing for Titus O'Neil because Titus, he normally just gets chumped out. I mean, lately, WWE, you know, he hadn't even been on, had had a match. He was just out there supporting um uh, Tazawa and uh, Apollo Cruz, they got chumped out. So it was cool that you know, in his chumping out, he he got a little bit of offense in. And what made it even funnier was when Apollo Cruz jumped in there and he quickly got that cocaine clutch applied to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is how I handle the AA squad <laughs> getting into the ring with me. So that Samoa Joe was awesome. I wish there was a little bit more. Well, no, we'll we'll get to that later. So, um, yo, so this match never happened. It was supposed to be Sasha Banks, Mickey James, and Bailey versus Paige, uh, Manny Rose, and Sonny Deville. Never happened because they got beat up in the back. Most obvious thing ever. And then the uh, three beat down uh, Banks. So, what are you thinking about the? Uh, what are they called? Absolution. Yeah, Absolution is the new fast. The new faction. The new female, I guess, evolution or whatever the hell they are. I mean, like, to me, the ghost who wrestles has never been that interesting, just period, in any regard. Um, the gold chick, she's cool. Um, and then, like, the red chick that looks like an extra from, like, Street Fighter, like, circa, like, 96. 
Like she has an interesting look, so I want to see what her moveset is. They they haven't really done anything yet in the ring where I could really just check it out and evaluate. So her two compatriots are far more interesting in terms of their look. Um, we heard them a little bit on the mic. You know, their mic skills are all right. So I'm just curious to see what kind of styles they have when they get into the ring and really get a chance to put on a match and do damage. But Paige in and of herself, I am I could care less about. So we'll see what happens, man. To me, the most interesting bit of the night was Asuka versus Dana Brooke. And one of these most singularly dope and athletic moves ever. Where that three-second match took place, it was awesome. That, to me, was a moment in match tonight. Because I had to go back and find the video, the gif of that takedown. Dana lunges at her. Asuka basically is falling back, leaping up, wrapping her legs around her. Uh, does like a 360-degree, well, it's a three. no, she does a 180 twist. Actually, no, it is 360 because she comes full circle, falls on her back, applies the arm bar. It's all she wrote. It was dope. It was one of the most visually beautiful things I've ever seen. It was just like a, oh, my God, did I just see that? I had to rewind that bit again and again and again and check that out. So kudos to Oscar for pulling off that stunt because it was fucking poetry in motion. Nah, it was awesome to look. And what made it even funnier, too, like before the match, Dana Brooke was talking about how she studied some tape. She's learned Oscar's. Uh, weaknesses and whatnot. Dana studied his ass whooping. That's what Dana studied. You don't want to know with the Empress of Tomorrow. And I just love, like, Oscar's, Oscar's my character right now. Because I love her theme music. I love how she comes out there strutting and doing that little weird Oscar dance. And then she handles it in the ring. So. <coughs> yeah, she she had it. It was, it was wonderful. And then Absolution came and and circled the ring and pretended like they were going to attack Oscar, but then they decided not to. Now, the whole time, I was kind of thinking... She's joined them? No, I was thinking she's joining them. I'm like, there's only three of them in the ring's four sides. Why doesn't Oscar just roll out the back and just go upstairs? I, I mean... they ain't covered a ramp. I mean, that's that's the same thing like earlier with uh, with Sasha Banks. It was like, just go to the other side of the ring if you're going to bounce. But, you know, you can't. she can't be running through the audience. Hashtag WWE logic. But with Oscar, it was just like, exactly. Like, why did they run? Like, Paige is on the far side of the ring, so she can just bounce out if she wanted to roll. Of course, the Empress of Tomorrow is not going to go out like that. Y'all going to have to take her down. She's not going to be chumped out. What you think she is? Titus O'Neil? Her name ain't <laughs> Apollo Crews? The A, the A on her forehead doesn't stand for Apollo Crews? <laughs> Yo, my, good my, ultimate uh, reference. Yeah, good ultimate yeah, reference. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> shout oh, out to man. shout out to my comics I cop peeps. Comics I copped. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a cool little showdown, but that whole that whole moment was dope. Yeah, what we, else do we, have? we talked about the uh, Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy situation. Delete, delete, delete. So uh, that's cool. We had Roman Reigns. Our new internet, uh, intercontinental champion, excuse me, Roman Reigns defeated Elias. Um, they got to be careful with Roman, all right? They put him with his friends, and he started to get cheered, you know? When Roman's with his friends, the shield is getting cheered when he's wearing the shield gear proper. But when he's alone in the ring doing Roman things, like, audience is a little mixed. So, like, yeah, he was still mostly cheered through the match, but you could hear people getting a little spicy, and they were booing him. 
Uh, this this all got set up because Elias, feeling bad for like the Miz took them on, and they had a little concert earlier in the night where Elias was clearly playing on the guitar, and then Miz and Curtis Axel were like, they had like fake harmonicas playing, you know, sad song, but um, Roman won the match. And then quickly got their hands by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe turned around on the road. Samoa Magic. Hashtag Samoa Magic. Samoa Joe disappeared and that ass whooping soon followed. Yeah. So I, I guess we're going to go into a program with uh, Joe and Roman. I'm a little. I'm a little concerned. Because the end goal now is. Apparently, the goal is Reigns versus Brock at Mania for the Universal title. And the rumor is they don't want anyone kicking out of the F5 until Mania, until it's Roman, to make this big deal that, oh my god, no one's kicked out of the F5 in like a year. So, um, they want that person to be As Roman. it should be. No one so, should be kicking out of the F5. Um, my thing is, yeah, yo, Samoa Joe has been putting hands to people for these last couple of months, looking mad brolic out there in the ring. Put the hands to Finn Balor the other week. Put the hands to Titus this week. You know, like, you know what I'm saying. And also, yeah. but come on, do you you can't really count him putting the hands to Titus. That's his light work. <laughs> also, remember a couple of months ago when um like Roman was trying in the ring talking spicy to Brock. And a small Joe's like, I know I can beat you, Brock. And he turned to Roman and he's like, you can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yo, I'm like, yo, he's Samoa Joe's too up on range right now. I want him to stay that way for a while. But I just don't want them to feed Joe to Roman. And I don't see them putting the Intercontinental belt on Joe right now. But like when Joe comes to the ring, like, Joe looks like a legit badass. Like, he looks like a legit fighter. Like, like no one has just the intensity but of to a me, wrestler like Samoa Joe right now. To me, Samoa Joe is the perfect heel. <clears throat> he can talk. He has a great look. He has a cool theme song. That's a tough guy theme song. He has the moves. He can put on a good match. So all they have to do is build up proper competition for him. Um, if they do a program with Roman Reigns where he can take this title from him, that will definitely take the Intercontinental Championship to a whole other level. It occupies Samoa Joe for a couple months and maybe gives him a WrestleMania match while they deal with this Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar foolishness at Mania that we're all going to have to just suffer through. And, you know, so they really just need to build a solid foe for Samoa Joe to uh, go back and forth with over the Intercontinental title. So, um, like, yeah, you know what? I think, yeah, give let let Joe have that belt because, like, right now that belt is being reserved for Roman for the foreseeable future and and Reign. So, you know, icy title, I wouldn't look so bad around Joe. You know what I'm saying? Um, what else did we have on Raw? We had Kane. Uh, Kane defeated Jason Jordan. Um, you think they're gonna do like a, a turn with Jordan because they've been kind of playing up into like he's kind of a coward lately you know like yeah most, most definitely more, more excuses yeah faking the, the knee injury and all this other stuff they're trying to do something uh the only thing they can really do is have him turn like her angle to really make him go heel because other than that 
they're doing, you know, the the the, the apple pie baby face uh, shtick that they gave to Rock when he first came in that everybody hates. So hopefully there's a long con, you know, where they're actually trying to turn him heel and they're trying to use that to build up that kind of resentment. And then he goes heel and does something decent because right now he's he, he he's a hair away from joining the AA squad. I mean, he gets enough rub from high power players and he in the ring with some actual people who matter. But if they don't do something with him in about three to six months, bro, he gonna be hanging out with Titus O'Neil and uh, Apollo Cruz. We don't even see our truth. Oh you know, man, I forgot our truth had a job, yo. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so you know, that's that AA life. So like, yeah, he he lost the cane. Was saved by Finn Balor, and uh, Finn Balor technically got the win. He technically got the win, but Kane attacked him with a chair. So um, there's rumors, there's rumors on the dirt sheets that originated speculation that Finn Balor was going to face Brock Lesnar at the Rumble for the Universal Title. Was, you know, Brock was scheduled to go through all the top guys on Raw as he made his way to Roman when he finally loses. But the latest rumors saying that Vince doesn't feel that Finn is over enough and that's why Finn's been taking a lot of televised losses that, you know, he doesn't see him as a top guy. Um, Finn Balor has responded in kind by trolling people on Twitter. He's like changed his Twitter handle to like over, over, over and and, you know, just kind of playfully poke fun at these rumors and whatnot. But I think Finn's the type of, Finn's a baby face, if you think about it. Uh, Finn's kind of in, like, the Sami Zayn role on Raw, where he's a baby face. Like, Sami's not a baby face right now, but when he was a baby face. You know, he's a baby face that can lose, and it's not really going to hurt his character. And we also know that he has his, you know, his Super Saiyan form, his demon form. So when he needs a power up, he can put on that and you know guarantee like a big match, a big win. Yeah, but right now the idea is that Finn is only interesting when he actually is the demon, and there is no real, there's no character to Finn, and I actually get that because I mean, do you really give a shit about Finn Balor if he's not the demon? You know who is he besides some you know dude with abs in a fucking cheap looking leather coat? So it's like, come on, like he needs, I ha, I don't know that I've heard him on the mic talking about anything recently. He just comes out and does his little routine. So, yeah, I mean, what is there to Finn Balor's character? He's just not that interesting. So I can understand why people feel a certain kind of way. But you got to really think about it. I mean, what <clears throat> to me. When I see a character like his, I think about other dry ass characters like Triple H, who's really whack as fuck. It's just that he got the chance to talk on a mic and he had, you know, he played enough political kiss ass games to be in a good position where he started building the whole cerebral assassin persona with Jim Ross over time. Finn doesn't even have that. So what does he have? You know, I mean, if he's not the demon, what what is he? Who is he? You know, when they first got there last year, they teased, you know, the Doc Doc Anderson and, uh, you know, Gallows, Gallows and Anderson, excuse me, um, you know, possibly joining him. Now they just kind of have, like, the club wandering around aimlessly and Finn's kind of running around aimlessly. It's just like, yo, put them together, 
people know him, you're you're kind of like you're already playing off the Bullet Club stuff earlier, as we discussed. Like put them together, that can give them. You know, I mean, that helped Triple H a lot. You know, when Triple H first joined DX, like you're saying, you know, that gave him some personality, that gave him something to play off of. When Triple H had, you know, Evolution, you know, that that gave him some stuff. You know, and if if you want Finn long term, just you know, put him back with his boys. Uh, they work well together. The Good Brothers work well together, and it, you know, give him something to play off of. I don't know. Right now, they're playing this cat out. And soon he's going to be the Dolph Ziggler of Raw. <coughs> oh, don't wish that on anybody. Man, I mean, that's just tragedy. A dude who can give you a good match and we know he's going to catch this L. And just yeah. use him to elevate other talent. But that's the direction they're going to take Finn Balor. If they don't do something with him. Kane, like, uh, all the build up. Kane and Braun, like I don't, you don't need to build up Kane to get Braun Strowman over. Like Braun Strowman is already over. He's he he flipped an ambulance this year. You know, once he flipped the ambulance, he was over. All right, like everything else is just it's whatever. You know, he had dope matches with the Big Show. You know, like this, this stuff with Kane is just like, uh. and and some people are speculation now that you know they've kind of made Kane so big that they might do like Brock Lesnar versus Kane. At the Rumble. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. SmackDown apparently opens up with like Shane McMahon uh, chastising Daniel Bryan for not firing uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Daniel Bryan's like, look, man, if we fire them, we can't really punish them. And then also they'll just like kind of go to Raw. So. They're kind of like, I don't know how the dynamics are, like if, if they're trying to make Daniel Bryan look like the bad guy here, but it seems like Daniel Bryan's speaking logical. Uh, if you kind of look at it, like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been right, that Shane is McMahon and the McMahons are selfish, crazy people, and ultimately <laughs> everything like this has happened is because like Shane McMahon has done these things. Like, like really, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn didn't cost SmackDown like Survivor Series. Like this all started because... Shane McMahon decided to go attack Raw for no apparent reason other than his own ego, you know? <laughs> like, like, like Shane McMahon is getting his own comeuppance. And if you and if you go further back than that, it's like Shane McMahon kept inserting himself into Kevin Owens' business, you know? Like, he was supposed to have a match. Baron Corbin was supposed to be the referee. And Shane McMahon's like, you're not doing enough, you're not doing a good enough job as referee, Corbin. Let me be the ref, you know, gets involved there, gets involved here. You know, like, uh, he ignored Sami Zayn, says he was going to give Sami Zayn an opportunity, never gave him, told him everything he wanted here, but didn't give him a match or anything. Like, so, like, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are just, like, doing the thing. They're just doing the business. So they make a match. It's going to be Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens, a notice qualification match in which Sami Zayn is barred from ringside. And at which point, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, he's barred from ringside, but it's a no-DQ match. What happens if he shows up? Hashtag WWE logic. Anytime they do something with a no-DQ, it's like, oh, anybody can run in at that point. You know, why are you barring? Why are you doing it? Because it's a disqualification. That's the only reason that, you know, they would run. If they run in, it's a disqualification. So if it's no DQ, you already canceled that out. Makes no 
incense. <sighs> WWE will never so, learn. Um, so we had New Day defeat Sheldon Benjamin and Chad Gable. Um, yo, I don't know about you. I've loved like how Chad Gable has gotten a little bit spicy this last couple of weeks. Like he's doing some heelish things. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's being real sneaky about it. When they took like um, the Usos out like two weeks ago, was it two or three weeks ago? Um, he kind of took out Jay Uso's leg. If you watch, like he takes out Jay Uso's leg and then rolls under the ring so nobody can see him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's been like real spicy. Like he's been up on the apron, like looking for distractions and whatnot. Just like yo, this man is hungry and I love it. But uh, unfortunately, he wasn't hungry enough as the New Day got the win. Which is like weird. It's a weird WWE thing, right? Like they've been building up Benjamin and Gable as competitors to the Usos, and a couple of weeks before they have a tag title match, they're losing to the New Day. You know, like, like New Day doesn't we need any wins, bro? Like they selling cereal. They don't need any wins right now. Like, yeah, but over. but you do need to. I, I like the idea of that, you know, because at least they're making them competitive. That's the thing that WWE fails to do more often than not. They just make somebody lose. And you need to have them competitive. Have them beat somebody. Like it, I was just reading an interview with Dolph Ziggler, you know. And right now he's like the gateway to any. Like we're gonna bring up somebody from NXT. You're gonna have a match with Ziggler. You're gonna beat Ziggler. That's gonna elevate you. But if, if Ziggler never wins, then it makes no fucking sense because you don't view Ziggler as a viable threat. Yeah. So you have to have the team get you know or the character get some wins. That way they're viewed as competitive, and that's how it should always be. They should all any team, any individual in WWE should always win. Like even if I'm losing to this main dude, I need to be beating the shit out of this dude over here, you know, or cheating or doing something that makes me a threat and viable, so that when my name gets called, okay, you know, as an audience, you go, okay, they have a chance. And we just know how it is. It's like when um when they do Royal Rumble or when they do um anything that you know, like Royal Rumble, if they come as like four competitors. You already know. Well, that dude is not gonna have. He don't have any chance of winning this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so, yeah. and it's the same type of same type of logic that you know would just apply. That you just know. Oh, you're going up against him. Okay. Well, we know Bobby Roode's gonna get over. So we already know how this is gonna go. So I mean, they need to do that with Gable and Benjamin just to make them a viable threat to the tag team champions, and then show that hey, you know, we're getting closer and closer, even if we aren't there yet. Right. Yeah. 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 Keep that up for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Everyone, even even the NBA champs lose some games. So um, we had the the Belgian the, the bludgeoning the Belgian bludgeoning brothers. Bludgeon brothers versus the, the bludgeon brothers. brothers versus the hype bros. Um, uh, the brothers hit the Jesus power bomb on Zach Ryder to get the win. Yeah, and then and then Mo- Mojo Raleigh su- surprise surprise yeah it's Mojo. So the speculation and everything that they've been hinting at for the couple of months is that Ryder was the one getting frustrated and Ryder was going to train on American bro, Zack Ryder. But, uh, dude, wake us up when you're finished because nobody gives a fuck. Yo, it's Mojo did it. He did it. Uh, He beat up his boy and he wasn't hyped at the end. He gave a real calm interview at the end about, you know, uh, betrayal. So, I mean, they've teased hype, bro, Mojo, Zach stuff since what was it? Royal Rumble? He tossed him out the ring or something like that. Yeah, like nobody gives a fuck about the hype, bros. We don't care. You like some jacked up, 
college frat boys. We don't care. We don't care. We don't care about you and Gronkowski. We don't care. We don't care about the Bludgeon Brothers. They aren't even the Wyatt family anymore. We don't care. They had their chance. WWE blew it because you had Luke Harper, who was athletic and pretty gifted as a wrestler, and you wasted him. You squandered his potential. So, yeah, they come back in these, like, brother blood from the Teen Titans-ass costumes, and that's nice, but we don't care. I say give it a couple of weeks. Yeah, I give it some weeks to care. We don't care. Uh, we had our handicap match. AJ Styles defeated the Singh brothers. We don't uh, care. Now, hold on. No one back bumps like the Singh brothers. But uh, they made it kind of kind of a little bit more competitive than we were all expecting, right? Because everyone knows the Singh brothers are like the putties of wrestling. <laughs> like, they are in the grand tradition of Briscoe. And um, that other cat, and anybody else who the henchmen, you know, the the Miz they exist to take the ass whooping from the hero. That's it. Now, yeah. Now, but Jinder Mahal got he attacked H Styles before the match. So Styles and the Sings, they they attacked Styles before the match. He got to beat down. So it was a little bit more competitive than we were already thinking. We've seen we've seen. The, the brothers get murdered week after week. So even put him in on a two-on-one against Styles, who just took on Brock Lesnar. They need a little support. So, yeah, even AJ Styles just being like probably the greatest pro wrestler in the world right now made the match a little interesting. Styles won by a second rope Styles class. That um, was dope. That landing was dope. on the other brother, which was dope. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. I'm surprised that DE let him get away with that because at one point in time, you know, the Styles Clash was the most dangerous move in professional wrestling after a few freak accidents of wrestlers getting injured over in Japan. So there was speculation that they banned the move, but like, yo, he did on top of the thing. So it's all right. And then Styles, being a smart wrestler, um, did not stay in the ring to get beat down or jumped by gender. Gender, yeah. Gender, for whatever reason, decided to beat up his entourage. I guess he was so mad. This is like the second time he's beat up the brothers, right? I believe so. He's um, always like whipping them around like little dogs. You need them to win matches. Like, if you beat them up and they run away, then you have no chance of hell at Clash of Champions. That's the only thing with Jinder Mahal. So, obviously, that's the setup. You kicked our ass, Jinder, so we're like, we're turning our backs on you. Or we're going to come out there, and then when you need us, we're going to just like, oh, nope, we're not going to help you out. That would be a great moment to see live as the audience goes, yeah! You know, and then, like, Jinder turns around and catches, like, uh, the phenomenal forearm or something from AJ Styles and retains his title. Yeah, that would be. So, yeah, you're going to have that moment that, like, you know, Jinder gets his comeuppance for, you know, not respecting the brothers for months and all those ass whoopings they've took with little things, you know. To see him left, or all they, those or, ass whoopings, yeah, or they swerve us like so we think the things are leaving, but they actually come back and you know tell them out. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Like this, the gender hard body experiment continues on. 
we had Ruby Riot, who has a new name now. They've taken one of the T's from her name. She's now Ruby Riot, one T. So WWE likes free naming people. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan defeated Naomi, Charlotte, and Natty. Um, early on, Natty decided to walk away from the match for no apparent reason. She's like, I'm done with this. I'm leaving. And the whole time, she's like, I'm gone. I don't need this. And she kept yelling it. I'm like, yo, I think they got it, Natty. Like, you left. She, she's a heel. That's like, what they do. Like, you left. You're not there. They know. She's like, I'm gone. I'm never coming back. I'm like, yeah, it's clear. I was like, I'm for real. Like, we got it, Natty. I'm really going. Like, yo, just go. Just go. If you're leaving, you're leaving. Like, she wanted this, like, you know, validation that she was leaving the match. <laughs> hey, you know, in this current climate, I mean, you know, she needs to be acknowledged. You know, so um, Natty leaves. Uh, Naomi gets knocked out, put on a stretcher. WWE's claiming that she fear, uh, she's she is suffering from various injuries from their attack, um, which left Charlotte to defend herself against the three. Um, I don't know this. I don't know why they're doing the exact same angle with these girls that they're doing Absolution. No, this is stupid. If you're gonna bring them up, don't have them do the same thing on both shows because it's just like no, they don't. They don't need to. Like, oh, hey, we're mean girls from NXT, and all we do is just beat up and rough house on both shows? It's boring. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, and then we also had the No DQ Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton. All right, before we get there, we did have the semi-main event, which was the latest Fashion Files, which was a Saw parody. Ah, true. That fashion file has already been in themselves. True. All right. Which was a soft parody, which featured um, Connor and uh, Victor from what, what was those guys? Whatever. Something and, with something with an A. I think. Yeah. Whatever. Connor and Victor being locked in an office with Tyler Breeze and uh, Zango, and which was funny because it's like, oh, you have to destroy the thing you love the most to get the key. Which was Tally the Horse, which was a throwback to like fashion files from like six months ago. So they Way threw it back. back. Yeah. They threw it back to early. They get it out, and the whole time is like Tyler Breeze cannot remember Connor's name. They know Victor can't remember Connor's name. Like Victor's like save yourselves, and Tyler Breeze is like we're trying, we're trying to save ourselves. <laughs> 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 and and they yeah they leave they leave Connor and Victor to, to die in the poisonous gas which is um and they're like at least they're like they're like oh we're happy because at least we saved our friends and then like Dango's like we're not friends we're, we're not friends <laughs> I'm like damn yo like why y'all so cold why y'all so cold but it's so awesome and so funny. <laughs> It was a yeah. great, another great fashion files, and yeah. I mean, the we got to come up with a name for uh, the the white dudes who uh, are basically cashing those checks. <laughs> uh, but actually, I think by, by acting in these skits, they actually may be doing more than the AA squad does. Yeah, because their skits are, are actually over. entertaining. That's sad. That's sad that they're actually more over 
than the AA squad getting those checks and not even putting their bodies on the line. Like, where does does these people wrestle? When was the last time you saw whatever they're called wrestle? I have not seen them wrestle in a while. And you know the craziest thing? Normally when there's like a backstage vignette, like no one's watching those things at a live event. Those things are awful to watch live. But you can hear the crowd like like shushing each other and like really watching the damn fashion files. And there's been a couple of times where there's been standing ovations for fashion files. Yes. I mean, they're doing it right. So, you know, power to them making the most. They're, they are squeezing every last drop out of their sad ass uh, <laughs> gimmick. Tyler Breeze and, you know, uh, Brazango, they could have easily been another. Um, what was the dudes in the red trunks? It was like Billy and Billy and uh, the ass man. Billy Gunn and um, is uh, Billy and Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like t- I guess t- more recently, <coughs> it kind of reminds me of the beginning of the New Day. Like they were stuck with a gimmick that just yeah, but was the new dead on arrival. No, no, no. But the New Day didn't have that ambiguously gay gimmick that um, Billy and Chuck and Tyler and Brazango have. No, I, I, I don't think they were ever gay. It was like yo, they were no, just no, no, no. Not boys. that they're like, gay. The ambiguously not, gay, not even yeah. ambiguous gay. They were just like, yeah, no, nah, they were they were just like haters, just like high class, like Valley Boys, like Malibu, like Tyler came out with the models, just just like we're better than the rest of you, and yeah. we're gonna we're so judgmental, you yeah, because we their gimmick their gimmick was tired, so they they've actually you know. They, now they, they're they're squeezing a diamond out of coal. Officers. Yeah, they're bad police officers that do bad police investigations that have like hints from like eighties wrestling up until like now, which have somehow like we still don't even know who attacked them. Like we were supposed to solve this mystery like two months ago, and and we don't even know what's going. On. But we'll be tuned into the next Fashion Files trying to find out. Which movie do they do next? They've done Saw. Where do they go? Because now it's like the Fashion Files is all right. They're taking suspense thrillers and they're doing like you know horror films. Do you think they might do like an American Psycho parody? That would be interesting, actually. Or maybe a screen. You know what? I'm surprised. I shouldn't put this idea out there. Like they haven't done like a Blair Witch, you know, Fashion Files. Oh, nicely done, Bowman 12L. Nicely done. Oh, yeah, and then we had a main event where um, Kevin Owens defeated Randy Orton uh, because Sami Zayn helped him out. Yeah, yes, because of course Sami came out. Of course Sami Zayn came out. It was no DQ. What's the ref going to do? No, Sami, you're barred from the ring. You're barred. You can't be out here, but it's no DQ. The match was actually pretty good. Um, I was. It Except was for Randy's hair. What was up with Randy's hair? I don't know. I have no idea what was going on with it. It's like he's trying to grow out like that troll doll look. But like, I don't know what's going on with Randy Orton. I mean, he just needs to stick to his military, like you know, very tightly wound uh, haircut that he had. Buzz cut. Man, I was so distracted. But maybe, I was, I was, yeah. maybe he's filming a movie or something. He has something coming up. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, but that, that that tells you how interesting the match was that we're sitting here talking about Randy Orton's hair versus discussing the actual match. Well, I mean, the whole time I'm like, I was counting down the minutes until Sami Zayn showed up. And I, show up he did. Yeah. I, I was just counting down. I'm like, oh, this, did no one think about this? Why did they add a stipulation? All right, yes, it is no DQ'd, but if Zayn shows up, um, Kevin will lose, or Kevin, you will be fired, or Sammy, you will be fired. You gotta, you can't be like, oh yeah, still DQ, but he brought great back. I think the same angle played earlier in the year with like Kevin Owens and Jericho. Like it was a no DQ match with someone, and Jericho was barred from ringside, and he just came through anyway. Oh yeah, it's when he came through the audience. Remember, he was like wearing a shirt. Is this when he came? He had the luchador yeah. mask on or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing a shirt. Boston cars mask or something, and you know something happened and no DQ and blah blah blah. Like WWE just needs to step it up. Like they they seriously do. Like somebody just needs to like like if not fact check but like logic check their shit. Like hey, this doesn't make any fucking sense. We need to do this again. We need and to send this back that's to the That's such a board. simple plot hole, right? That's just such a simple, like, just, all right, and you're, you're barred, and if you show up, this happens. Boom. Boom. But there's so many simple things that WWE could do to make a lot of their stuff flow a lot better, and they don't do it. They just don't do it. But oh well. Where can the people find you, Bowman12L? All right, people can find me on the internet. I'm at Bowman12L on Twitter, Bowman12L on Instagram. Find me also on Twitter. Sometimes I tweet from at SlamBrosPod. That's at SlamBrosPod. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. We have, uh, we got wrestling news on there. You want to know what it's like doing a live show. If you're just confused as we're confused, catch us during SmackDown and Raw. Uh, we're going to figure out our New Japan schedule. We're going to hook up Illa with the New Japan Pearl uh, account. We're going to watch some G1. We'll get that finalized so you guys know when to watch with us. Um, you can follow us at Slambros, at Fanbros SoundCloud. And then also we have a Slambros SoundCloud, SoundCloud as well. I'm buying all the words here. We yeah, that, well. that, that was just a word soup. You may want to try that again. You can find us at the Slam Bros SoundCloud page, and you can also find us on the Fan Bros SoundCloud page. SoundCloud.com slash Slam Bros. And you can find me at IllaYC, talking shit, doing what I does, cuz. Yeah, holla at your boy, man. I love to interact with people. I love to hear from y'all. I love different thoughts and opinions, so holla at me on the Twitters. Uh, you know, some people have found me on Facebook, or you can get me at YC the Champ on Instagram. Holla at your boy. It's the Slam Bros. <laughs> <laughs>